0: Hi, everybody. I'm Rick Nelson, and welcome to PSYCOP Talks Winter Ops, the podcast devoted to all things winter maintenance. The Snow and Ice Cooperative Program, or PSYCOP for short, is one of Ashto's technical service programs. One of our primary objectives is to share information about winter maintenance operations and road weather. Now, a while back, we did an episode with Jim Hughes, the state maintenance engineer at the Wisconsin DOT, called Taking Liquids to the Max. Now, Jim told us that the Wisconsin DOT was encouraging folks to move towards liquids and liquid-only routes. In other words, routes where they would primarily use liquid brine throughout the storm cycle. Now, this year at the TRB annual meeting, I watched a presentation by Andrea Bill on a project conducted in Wisconsin focused on the use of liquid brines and and liquid-only routes. Now, Andrea is the associate director of the TOPS Laboratory at the University of Wisconsin Madison, and she's here to fill us in on what they found out. Hi, Andrea. It's good to see you again. Thanks, Rick. Glad to be here. Andrea, can you, Andrea? I noticed you signed your emails Andy. Which do you prefer?
1: We can go by Andy in this conversation. That works.
0: Oh, okay, great. Um, Andy, can you explain what the TOPS Laboratory is and, and how you got involved in this project?
1: Yeah, so the Traffic Operations and Safety Laboratory at the University of Wisconsin-Madison has been around for about um, 15 years now, and it started off as more of a research arm for the Wisconsin Department of Transportation. Over the years, we have bridged out to a lot of safety and operations research um, with the state, but also uh, nationwide and internationally as well, too. We've been involved with, sorry, we've been involved with the WSDOT to do some um winter maintenance kind of research, whether it's snowplow optimization or kind of following up on some of the work we'll be talking about today.
0: So what is it that motivated this study? What what were they thinking? What what are they trying to achieve?
1: Yeah, so one of the things is that we try to be the independent research arm for the Wisconsin Department of Transportation. So while, you know, you talked about the how Jim had been, you know, working on rolling out more liquid, um, liquid brine, um kind of routes across the state, there was always a question of, you know, is this doing what we're supposed to be doing? Are we making the roads unsafe, right? So a lot of people had had lots mm-hmm. of concerns about that. So they had asked us to come in and be the independent evaluator of what's happening out there.
0: I noticed in your in your presentation, there were a couple of real motivators for making this happen. And in addition to seeing just how well it works, um, you know, the the um, when I was with the Nevada Department of Transportation way back in the day, uh, when the very first Strategic Highway Research Program was underway, um, we did some evaluations with uh, salt brine on a piece of road outside of Reno, and and we were able to set up uh, a, a basically a, a test route, and and right adjacent to it was uh, mm-hmm. the control route, and and we saw that there was some really significant. Um, Reduction in the amount of salt, and we were using sand back in the day, and uh, we were able to reduce those chemicals way down. Um, I, I think, you know, when you when you think about salt in the environment and, and the cost of the product and everything, uh, there's there's an opportunities for some real big savings and and improved um, performance.
1: Yeah, you got it, right? So, salt has been increasing in prices, um, and we're always concerned about the effect of salt on both our environment, flora, fauna, soil, um, human health, and then the additives that go into it, right? So, there's a whole different round of that. Here in Wisconsin and many other states, right, the winter storm fighting is is something that needs to be planned for, and we're doing preparations for it year-round, right? It's not just those winter months, and really being able to take a look at what that effect is, is really important.
0: So how did you set up your your evaluation? How did you set up your experiment?
1: Yeah, so we worked with the county. So Wisconsin is unique in terms of the county forces do the winter storm fighting, even on the state routes as well. So the state contracts with the counties. And so we worked with counties who were interested in doing liquid-only routes. Um, we wanted to see how they were performing and kind of the understanding of it um, and the learning curve that goes along with it. So we had um, a counties that became part of a technical advisory committee for brine. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we asked them um, if they'd be part of our study design. So just like you mentioned before, we were either doing studies in parallel where it was maybe a divided roadway and salt was going to be in one direction and then salt brine in the opposite direction. Or we did split studies, which is a lot where it's dividing a route into two sections where we could look at kind of the salt and then the brine in the other section through that process. And so it was working with the counties to see what was available, what made sense to them, right? Because they're already fighting the storms. We did not want to have them collect more data if they didn't need to at that point in time.
0: So how many counties uh, were involved?
1: That's a great question. So um, we had about 11 counties that wanted to be involved. Uh, 10 submitted the data for it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm now were were they all pretty much geographically or topographically the similar, or were they spread around the state? Uh,
1: Great question. We tried to get them spread around the state. So, um, I think you'll have access to this presentation if folks that are listening want to see it afterwards. So we were pretty much across the state. I would say we weren't as heavy on the northwest component of the state, so nearer Minnesota, but all the other ones, and they, you know, definitely we had some that were more urban areas such as Dane County, which is where, um, the university and in the, in the state capital is in Madison, but we also had some very rural counties, such as Price County, and other ones as well, too. So again, this gave us a kind of a mixture of different roadway types as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, I know from my past experience doing research into winter maintenance that uh, the the quickest way to an easy, light, storm-free winter was to schedule research. Yeah. Uh, how, how did that work out for you? Did, did you were you able to collect some good data?
1: We were able to collect some good data. We had actually done a initial project though the winter before, and we had um, you know fewer counties that were involved at that point in time, and we also had a, a pretty uh, light winter that winter as well too. Um, but this one, we actually were able to collect um, data for 143 different
0: storms. Wow that that's a that's a pretty good data set. Mm-hmm. What so what were you looking at?
1: Yeah. So we, you know, the performance metrics that we wanted to u- look at were what was the salt use and comparison between that control and that treatment route. Um, time to bear wet is a performance metric that's used a lot of times. Is And we can always debate about what does bear wet mean, but um, mm-hmm. it is a pretty common performance metric here in Wisconsin. So we felt like the counties were all aware of that. We did some pavement friction analysis, and this was done just by two counties, Um, and I could talk a little bit more about that equipment. Um, Your podcasters can't hear me, but that friction is kind of in quotations because it's not a typical skid trailer. It's based off of um, kind of light that's getting kind of put down and then being um, captured back into it. So it's a different Mm -hmm. type of friction, but still gives us that surrogate measure with it. And then as always, we're always trying to look at that benefit cost that kind of goes around with things.
0: Okay. So, how did it work out? T- talk talk to me about the. The um your 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 data collection and and all of that uh, yeah. how, how did how did the study work? Um, so we gave
1: folks the opportunity. They would give us the you know just the general what was their capacity of their brine maker, what was their setup of it. So those were kind of the standard configurations that we were looking for in each one. You know, is this on multiple trucks? What was the truck setup like? How did they do the nozzle um, configurations? Because these are all again lessons learned that haven't been documented. Um, this mm-hmm. isn't a typical experiment. Where you're then going to test, um, like okay, we have this set nozzle spray, and now we're going to change it by you know a fraction of, of a you know millimeter, right? Um, we wanted yeah. just to capture what folks were doing out there and being able to look at that, and then for each of the kind of storms, then we were asked you know to have some additional storm reporting of you know what was the salt being used by each lane, what was going on with it, um, what were those performance metrics kind of coming out from it. So then. Um, our our results were were pretty interesting, and I think that folks that have been involved with this know that brine takes less salt, right? So we know that that happens with it. Um, so we mm-hmm. saw a twenty three percent reduction of our of our salt usage um, on our treatment sites compared to our control sites.
0: Yeah. Now, was was that pretty standard across the county roads and the state roads and the interstates and and that sort of thing, or was was there some variation? In in the total salt reduction.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So um, we actually saw by county for um, this study, it was pretty pretty standard, right? So we saw between sixteen percent um, reduction in one county to twenty eight percent reduction. So there wasn't a huge sp- spread. Sorry f- for that pun, <laughs> um, but. What was interesting is that when we had done the pilot study the, the winter before, we actually saw a lot larger um, standard deviation um, amongst the you know smaller counties. And so what this qualitatively told me was that counties are becoming more comfortable with brine and they're dialing in on the practice to make it more standardized across it. So I thought that that's actually a really good um, you know, other again, other bullet point to this is that we're seeing kind of um, more consistent salt reduction values by county.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, you you said that a couple of the counties were collecting friction or or this surrogate. Mm -hmm. measure what what kind of equipment did you use was that something that they had already or was that something that was supplied as part of the project
1: yeah um so it was supplied as part of the project and i think that this is a you know as we get to more data-driven approaches to whatever it is right so winter um Winter maintenance is definitely one that we always need more data driven approaches on. So, this was purchased by the Wisconsin Department of Transportation and provided to two of the counties. And the equipment is called a MARWIS. So, it's the Advanced Road Weather Information Sensor that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. And so, it just, um, and you guys can, can see in the PowerPoint, it's just a device that sits on the back of a, a vehicle and points straight down. And it's getting some kind of, you know, the receivers, the um, transmitting back up into it and capturing that data as it went through it.
0: Mm-hmm. So so this is something that, that those two counties are going to have in their equipment toolbox, mm-hmm. sort of from here on out, right, that they can yeah, use yeah. to monitor things.
1: Yeah, in their arsenal. And we had a big debate about, you know, which vehicle should that be placed on, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. there was like, well, maybe it should be placed on the equipment itself, or should it be placed on the supervisor's truck so that the supervisor can go wherever and capture some data? So um, it was decided by the counties to put it more on the supervisor's truck to be able to get that data um, wherever they go a little bit. So I think that's another useful component to it.
0: You know, Andy, when you talk about how effective salt is, you know, when we were sort of hinting around around at it with, with this friction discussion, you know, when time to bear or time to wet, bare wet, or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people say you can't use liquids where it's cold. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets cold in Wisconsin, right? I mean, right. We, were, we were talking about that this morning, and, and you know, we're in the teens. Uh, mm-hmm. Both of us are in the teens this morning. Um, what, what did you find out? What, what, what kinds of observations do, do you have about using liquids when it's really cold?
1: Yeah, that's a great point. So we actually had another project with the Clear Roads Pooled Fund that actually looked at across the nation um, some of the temperatures and, and what people were using from brine perspective. But here in Wisconsin, we're seeing, um, you know, not every place is using it in extreme cold, but in the teens, we're still seeing folks use brine. Um, and one of the things that it, what we were hearing from law enforcement um, is that they had concerns with the county using brine because they said it's a safety issue. So you're putting mm-hmm. liquid on the roadways and you're going to create more crashes for us to have to to go out to and, you know, deal with. And so we really wanted to give them the data to what we were seeing, right? So just as we talk about, there's many tools in the toolbox for fighting storms and, and brine is just one option, um, you know, especially in those, you know, teens upwards and those 20s looking at it mm-hmm. to same point, but what we saw there was 41 out of 50 of our observations had higher pavement friction on really? with the with the brine compared to the salt and a lot of this has to do with just how you know direct and you know down in that um that brine can go onto that roadway
0: well that's that that you know and and the the fact that you've been out there and you've collected that data i mean that's that's not antidotal anymore it's that's like real life data
1: Exactly. And we could give it back to law enforcement and say, you know, like anything, right? This isn't a a magic bullet. This isn't something that's, you know, Brian isn't going to fix everything there. And we need to learn about those nine, you know, nine case studies where it didn't. um, Mm -hmm. Because, you know, there's many different ways to fight storms. And we need to be able to have all of that knowledge, you know, at our fingertips to be able to figure out how to best fight the storm that is coming right now, right? (laughs) Like, um, on that component to it.
0: Yeah, you know it's it's they they all have their unique um uh mannerisms, their unique characteristics and and uh, you can have a great plan at the very beginning but but until it really starts to snow you you sort of have to change things on the fly and and understanding how stuff works is mm-hmm. a key to making smart decisions.
1: You got it. Um, and what's neat about this device that we were able to to get in two of the counties is that not only do we get that we get the friction values, but we also get the, you know the temperature and you know humidity level and stuff, the things that are going on with that. So we can do some of these time series plots to see how does the friction compare to the material um, change over time and looking at it from that regard. So it gives us a lot more understanding of you know, that when and where component, just as you mentioned, you know, once the storm gets there, things changed. even within that storm, things are changing a little bit. And so that's some of the things we need to figure out is um, long-term of, you know, when do we change our technique based on the storm?
0: Mm-hmm. Now you, you did some benefit cost work, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's certainly uh, a question that managers always ask. Um, how did, how did that work out? How did you go about Conducting your, your benefit-cost analysis for using liquids.
1: Yeah. So we wanted to really look at, you know, our control route, which is our salt, um, our solid salt compared to our study route or our treatment route, which includes the salt brine. And then, you know, with the salt brine includes water, electricity, and salt that goes along with it. And then the trucking components are slightly different as well, too. Um, so, you know, we looked at that, the difference between those two costs, the route material costs over the coverage. It was our benefit. And then in the bottom part of that was the cost of, you know, the salt brine production. And so we really wanted to try to keep it and and have folks understand that you know, there is an equipment cost to this, right? And, and so there's the salt brine makers, the storage, the pumps that go along with it. Um, and then, you know, the difference between the salt brine truck and the salt truck, you know, a lot of times it's the same, mm-hmm. but you're going to add some other things into it. Um, and then the, the maintenance that goes along with it. Um, so that was our bottom component of our, or sorry, our denominator of our equation uh-huh. a little bit. Um, through that process. And then we wanted to look at kind of the various storms that we get to, right? So not all storms are the same and, and the brine is going to be different on each one. So we broke it up by the temperature, the snow intensity through it to be able to really get to our um, benefit cost uh, associated with it. And so what we were seeing there is that over a 10-year period for just using it on the interstates and the state highways, we saw a benefit cost ratio of one14 but like we're seeing here in Wisconsin, we know that those trucks aren't just operating on the interstates and state highways; they also are doing the county trunk mm-hmm. highways as well too. And so, we're seeing a benefit cost of two over a ten-year period. So, really, you know, double what we'd expect to see out there. So, it's really important to be able to to look at how this is benefiting all of the systems.
0: Yeah, and and you looked at that for each individual storm, right? Uh, mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah, and we really looked at it to see, you know, historically too, what are the storm intensities to be able to look at it cuz, you know, each as we talked about with research, each each year is a little bit different and each storm uh-huh. intensity is different by counties and so we wanted to make sure we accounted for that.
0: Right. And as you mentioned, you you were able to see a 23% reduction in salt.
1: Got it. Yep.
0: You know, and and, and that, it's interesting because that's right about the same number that 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 I saw when I was doing our liquids research back at the, at the very first strategic highway research program. And, um, of, of course, at, at, in those days, collecting friction was, was a lot more of a, a sporty adventure because we use one of the Coralba friction meters okay. that, that you, that you mount up in a car. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so you, you're driving at, uh, 30 or 40 miles an hour and you jam on the brakes and, and it counts the pulses for the anti-lock brake system. So, uh, We didn't really want to do that in in rush hour kinds of traffic. The the, the MARWIS is a a huge improvement when it comes to collecting uh, that friction measurement. Got it. So, Andy, is brine faster or is salt faster?
1: So, brine is is faster in in that time to bear wet. So, we're seeing about a 12% reduction in that time to bear wet conditions with that salt brine compared to the solid salt.
0: And... That was just a, that was those were just observations that that your supervisors were making out there. Correct. Yep. It's like you know when you when you take a look at this and and you see that it's it uses less salt and it's faster mm-hmm. and it gives you better friction and it's more efficient. You know, it's economically mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of makes you wonder why you wouldn't be using it, right?
1: Right. You got it, because change is hard sometimes.
0: Ch- change is hard. Yep. How how you know just sort of speaking about that? How are the counties there in in Wisconsin uh, accepting the use of liquids? Uh, y- you 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 had a limited uh, mm-hmm. uh, set of counties that participated in this. Um, what are the other counties doing? Are they? sort of looking over their shoulder?
1: Yeah, they're excited to get on board now. I mean, so uh, Jim and I did a presentation to the County Highway Association um, just a few weeks ago. And, you know, it's amazing to see once people see these results and then talk to their counterparts and they realize that, you know, change doesn't have to be scary. <laughs> we we can, you know, we have expertise right next to us and so we can rely on them to go forward as well as, you know, the Wisconsin Department of Transportation is willing to help with that kind of initial cost for some of the brine makers and the brine trucks is, is really helpful in being able to push this forward. So, um, you know, I'm expecting to see a lot more counties coming on board with brine each and every year until we're every county is doing it.
0: Uh huh. Peer peer pressure is is uh, it's it's pretty tough sometimes.
1: It is, and especially you know now I can give these results to the other counties and and they can do the sales pitch, right? So there's one thing for you know researcher Andy to come in and be like, hey, you guys, look at this, it's great, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's always that concern of, well, what did, what does she do to the data? What's going on, right? But now we have the results, and then the counties you know, the other peers are going to sell this, not, not me, because now they have this plus their own experience. And so they can go ahead and and push it forward and roll it out across the state.
0: Yeah. You know, and, and the other thing that it, I think it does in building that base of expertise is, um, you know, I've always said that, you know, solid salt is pretty forgiving. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, when it comes to application, it's pretty straightforward, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty forgiving uh, liquids uh, maybe not so much so I mean you, you sort of have to know there's the, there's more moving parts and pieces mm-hmm. you know to applying liquid and 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 there's a bit more to it um, and there's bound to be issues you know it's people are gonna stub their toe every now and then uh, given a particular kind of storm or set of circumstances and and the thing you don't want is to say well it didn't work this one time so I'm never going to use it again got it you know and and having a uh, a few of your peers out there that have made it work uh, that you can lean on and, and um, uh, you know, rely on their expertise to sort of get you over those bumps, I think goes a long ways towards, towards implementing and, and getting over that changes scary part. Mm-hmm. You got it. Any other observations that, that came out during this work um, conclusions uh things you're going to do in the future?
1: Uh, so, I think it's always important to look at the, the you know, more, what are the other additives that people are using and how are they looking at it? Right. Um, getting it, mm-hmm. you know, Again, forgive the pun, but dialing in on the on the spray nozzle component to it, so better understanding that. And that's really where our brine TAC group, that technical advisory committee that I mentioned, is is really helpful. Because then again, it's it's the counties talking to each other about lessons learned and what are they trying and what are they looking at and then being able to keep improving this. Because it's not just, okay, we did the brine, we're done, right? It's, you know, what else can we do and then how do we continue to to keep the communication and the collaboration going um throughout the the year
0: mm-hmm. you know you you, you mentioned additives and, and i guess i forgot to forgot to ask um in in this work it was just straight up salt brine right just correct sodium chloride and water
1: yep the clear roads project that we did looked at some other additives but this one was just um just plain brine
0: yeah okay, because I imagine that that might mess with your your benefit cost a little bit because mm-hmm. some of those additives can get kind of pricey. you got it well and, and but you know what the other I think the other encouraging thing that that comes out of this, the other nugget, is when it's cold, you can make salt brine work mm-hmm. and and you've demonstrated that you've been able to do that.
1: You got it. Yeah. And I think that that's an important component to it. And that's really where, um, I'll just put one more plug in for the Clear Roads Pulled Fund is, and that's really what they were looking at is, you know, how do we get brine to work at lower temperatures and who's doing it to, again, start that conversation of saying that it doesn't just have to be in that, you know, 25 to 32 range that there could be done at uh, at lower temperatures.
0: Right. And you don't need the exotic, supercharged, expensive stuff to make it work either. Mm
1: -hmm. You got it. Yep.
0: Well, Andy, I, you know, when, when I saw your presentation at TRB, I thought, you know, this was just dynamite work, um, particularly based on my conversations that I've had with Jim over the years. And it, it's just like super encouraging to see Wisconsin grab a hold of this, uh, this technology and, and move it forward.
1: Thank you. We're excited about it. And we greatly appreciate um, WSDOT trusting us to do this evaluation. I think that that was a, a great partnership.
0: Yeah, and and so as we mentioned, um, we're going to put the your presentation up on the PSYCOP website, and so uh, there'll be a link in the show notes so folks can go and and download that and look at your results. Um, you you went into uh, a lot of detail about the analysis and 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 that sort of thing that, that we sort of glossed over uh, here, but um, it, you know it's it's there for folks. You're going to provide us a link to the final report. You got it. And so if if Folks want to do a much deeper dive into that. And any questions about uh, the work and the research, people can just uh, shoot you an email and and you can start a conversation.
1: I would love that. It's always great to talk to folks about the research and and seeing if other states want to do the similar research, right? It's great to be able to, just as you mentioned, some of the work that you did, it's great to um, cooperate. what's happening.
0: Yeah. Andy, thanks again for uh, being on PSYCOP Talks Winter Ops and, and sharing this work. Uh, again, I'm I'm really excited, and, and I'm I'm excited to get it out there and, and share it with more folks.
1: Thank you so much, Rick.
0: As always, if there's a, a topic you'd like more information on or someone with an interesting story that you'd like to visit with, send me an email at rnelson at org, and we'll do our best to make it happen. PsyCop Talks Winter Ops is available on all the major podcast content providers. Basically, any place you go to get your podcast content, you can find us. Give us a like and subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. In addition, you can find episodes on our Facebook page at Ashto PsyCop and our website, psycop.transportation.org. Support for PsyCop comes from state DOTs who make an annual contribution of $4,000. It's because of those states that PSYCOP Talks Winter Ops and the other resources to help you achieve your winter maintenance mission are possible. Until next time, thanks for listening in and stay safe out there.